So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody. To this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and through the miracle of technology, I have right here with me Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm pretty fracking good. How are you? I'm pretty fracking good, too. Good news. You know. I figured, you know, it is good news, and I figured, you know, I could sit here and whine about education again due to today's adventures with my daughter's school, but. I would much rather point out the amazing stuff that's going on in our world, and you brought to us some fracking good news right before the show. So I figured I'd leave the door wide open for you to share that. Well, and there it is, and I appreciate that. Good opening. But, yeah, just moments before the show, I was talking with Gene, as we often do, right before the show, and and, uh, I said, oh, by the way, I'm about to post a picture on Everyday Connections wall that says, frack you. And it didn't get her because she knows I've walked her down the primrose path before. And um, it seems that one of our federal judges in California has determined that the Department of the Interior or some other branch of our government broke the law. And I have to say, I'm not so shocked that the Department of our government was found in the past to have broken the law. They're getting better about that, but I, I believe. But, but is the fact that a federal judge stood up and called them on it and said so and said, you don't get to do that anymore. Sorry. And took 2,500-something acres away from the oil companies and said, you can't drill there because they didn't check the environmental stuff. And Okay, contamination of groundwater isn't scientifically proven, but the chances of it are not so remote that it can be ignored. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's a wow. Yeah, yeah, I just like that. When I'm happy to hear it for and, all our sakes. And since it's the first federal judge's ruling on the case, it, it, and, and until some, unless some more senior federal judge reverses it, that'll be case law for all the little state judges and stuff. So, uh, so we're precedent. in for a fracking good time. Yeah, we're yeah, in we for are. a fracking good time. How are you? I'm just fracking good, you know. And uh, I, I read the whole article; it fracked me up, but. Um, Apparently, <laughs> 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 uh, fracking up our guests too. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> that's awesome. We, we like that. <laughs> we really do, and we do start try to start to banter with something, and and uh, as time goes on, less and less must we banter about things that seem unjust. There's mm. just dude. So, I'm running. I'm running out of crap. 
to to talk about. Like not, you know, it really honestly, I mean, I it you used to have to look for the goodness. Come on the show and, yeah, well, it used to be easy to come on the show and have something that I could bitch whine or chew about. And now all I can do is celebrate. And I'm even past the point of being shocked. I'm awed and I'm I'm delighted. Certainly, absolutely, always delighted. But I'm never I'm not shocked anymore. I figure once we got past the poke thing, that it's all downhill after that. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, really, yeah. we're smooth sailing. Pope lives go. in a tiny little two-room apartment thing because this penthouse palace thing is just no good for him. And eats in the communal dining hall instead of his private dining room with butler. And Takes buses. You know that those – what is the Pope's household staff? They're all up there in the penthouse by themselves looking at each other going, what do we do? <laughs> really? I mean, you know, because he won't have them. He's like, go away. Get away. You know, and I, I figured the only thing we got going for us, or the the church has going for him, is because when they made him Archbishop of uh, Argentina, he sold the Archbishop's residence. And odds are, he's there's probably some rule somewhere that he can't sell the Vatican. So, um, otherwise, there might be a sign out front. You know, I wouldn't put it past him to try, though. And here's it, the thing: and you were saying earlier that you know, I mean, one of the most famous sayings. I know of, especially because my grandmother was Polish, is I would ask her a question and her answer would be, is the Pope Polish? Right? Right. Now we can just say, is the Pope humble? Yeah. And, and, and For the first time in history, but it's giving us a new saying and something to, you know, celebrate and not aspire to. I, we've, we've, we've accomplished it. That's awesome. I'd like to see him open the, the papal residence to tours. And, uh, you know, have to pay an extra, say, dollar above Vatican tour or whatever if you want to go on that tour. And that each one of those dollars go to, you know, missions in Argentina and Costa Rica and the Philippines and, you know, stuff. Well, I'm, I'm, that and I wouldn't would put that cool. past him either. And <clears throat> I wouldn't put it past him either. And another thing I wouldn't pass, put it past him is, and, and I watch and see if it happens, but there are so many of these huge monstrosities built by the Catholic Church. And for a large part, they're empty, especially a lot of the old convents and stuff. You know, they're empty. I, You know, I wouldn't put it past them to turn those into shelters and stuff for the homeless. And, yeah. And, yeah, let them yeah. eat cake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really? I mean, what? There's I, nobody I, living in there now. It's not like we kicked them out on the street or something like they did with yeah. the, you know. Exactly, exactly. Freaking amazing! It's freaking amazing. Um, but you know what else is amazing? Ah, our guest tonight. Yes, indeed. We we have an amazing guest with us tonight, and as usual, we had our brief sound check before the show, and we had so much fun we almost didn't have time to get to the show. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be an awesome show. Uh, wonderful lady with us this evening. Uh, animal communicator, animal intuitive, medical intuitive. Nutrition, diet, all-around Wonder Woman, Sophia Jantera. <laughs> Welcome, Sophia. How are you? I'm fabulous and so happy to be here with you two beautiful souls that I have loved listening to for quite a while now. So thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, well, it's wonderful to have you with us. My pleasure. <laughs> you know, things, Absolutely. things come when they come. <laughs> 
of happens that way. Don't know what that's all about, but oh, George, he did it again. Um, okay, divine flow. So we'll start. That always, always never ceases around here. It's quite, you know, divine timing. What isn't our timing divine? I... Clock? What's the clock? That worked for me, anyways. So I guess we'll start with that one question that Rick pointed out tonight is actually two questions, but. I call it one question because I ask it all together. So, um, <laughs> I like yeah. questions. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Who on earth are you and what do you do? A loving soul with witness to the love of creation that sees life and love in all living things and chooses to honor it to my highest ability to do so. And in honoring all life, I have looked for ways to support it that might not be commonly known. And that's what I'm about, is getting that information out there so that others can live a fulfilled, healthy life to the best of their ability. I'd say that probably sums it up. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Did I get it? Thanks for coming tonight, folks. It was an awesome show. Everything that could be said has been said. No. Yeah, but I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking behind me, going, "Okay, where's my backup? Where's my backup?" Oh, well, you got me. Questions? What? Well, I can elaborate in some ways, which will be absolutely. No, that's, uh, it's you really know, one of the best answers we've ever gotten. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. So then it leads me to my next question is how you do that? Oh, good question, darling. <laughs> I like good questions. Well, I'll I'll explain it this way. My awareness and the amount of knowledge and wisdom that I have gathered from individuals, doctors, and various other healers, I have seen how to incorporate it and offer it back to regular people like you and me, to veterinary professionals and to medical hospitals so that they can help turn the tide of what's happening where they just simply don't have the wisdom. And I have this beautiful gift that I was born with that I honed over time through my learning experiences. And they call it medical intuition or intuition so that I see answers and solutions to things that may not be readily apparent. And I look at all beings as a collective, holistic approach. So if there's one issue found inside the health of a being, regardless of what it is, whether it's, um, well, let's just say this, whether it's itchy skin for a puppy or whether it's an inability to settle down, it's most likely going to be more than one factor. And a lot of the ways that veterinarians and professional people look at these things up until recently, and I'm so grateful that recently they have come into a place where there is alternative medicine, where homeopathics are used, which I can explain later what they are, or herbal medicine, which has been around for thousands of years recorded even in Chinese history, uh, and further than that through indigenous people, they knew how to heal things 
that our Western technology is still trying to catch up to be. So I like taking all that beautiful wisdom collectively and bringing it to the places where others don't have access to it. So I'm kind of, um, you might call me an information source because I do love doing lectures and teaching and sharing. And I know there's only one me and there's a whole bunch of everybody else that I'd like the goodness to get out there. So I love helping everybody feel good, understand what's happening in an emotional, spiritual way, and look to support them however I can. And I'm not looking at it as that I'm the only answer. I'm just simply one answer to work in the collective consciousness for everything better. So I embrace all of us. I embrace all of the ways that we can heal, all the ways that we can uplift and enliven our community on this planet. And it just takes one person to another saying something. So I'm always open to hearing more good stories and more wonderful ways that people are helping each other and helping animals. I'm looking to help everybody. So, Wow, that's starting to sound familiar. We love to hear everybody's stories and all the wonderful myriad ways that to, we it's fun. And uh, uh, I'm pleased too to hear you say that you work together with doctors and veterinarians and medical quote unquote professionals. Um, so many that you know are walking the light worker path or however they want to term it. Um you know, shun Western medicine. Ooh, evil, bad. Ooh. Yeah. And it, to me, it's never a question of ooh, evil, bad. It's a question of, okay, you got a piece mm-hmm. that you're really good at. So you bring your piece, I'll bring my piece, and maybe we'll get some other people to bring a couple more pieces, and we'll have a puzzle that makes a picture. And and um, uh, so I, I'm, I applaud you for that because it's uh, uh, needed work, I think, to try to integrate the two. Thank you. I appreciate that. That really has been my entire focus. Uh, coming from a very strongly medically oriented family with doctors in it, I saw that they had some answers but not all answers. And my own inquisitive nature from very early on in my life went, wait a minute, didn't Native Americans know what plants to use to heal this problem? And didn't Chinese medicine know that they healed everything and they didn't have little bottles of prescription drugs, whatever they might be? And that really started my question. Of course, I had a beautiful foundation seeing what did work through typical or regular medical doctors. And they're wonderful for so many things, but they don't have all the answers, just as I believe no one has all the answers. So thank you. It, it's an inclusive effort. We do what we can where we can. Absolutely. And as a patient, i got to tell you, I don't think I've ever seen my doctor so happy as when I, um, when I asked him, you know, how he was with the idea of me working with um, holistic healers, Reiki masters, and and energetic healers. And he was very excited about that because he thought that it was a good way to get away from the pain medications yes. and from the the drugs. And, you know, that was my first lesson really. And because my first exposure to doctors at a young age was they were all pill pushers. 
Um, and it's it's a direct result of a pill pusher that I was so sick for so long. Mm. But then along came this other doctor who was open to these, you know, and, and granted he, he was a Chinese doctor mm-hmm. from an Eastern medical background working in, in Canada. Um, but he had found a way to marry the two. And he, he was a good example. And, um, you know, I think that that's really important in the process of and, – and what I find interesting is that we've talked about this often with regards to healing of the human body, mm-hmm. um, but it's not often we get the opportunity to really talk about it with regards to pets because we talk about being able to integrate modern Western medicine into this holistic vision of healing, mm-hmm. but we don't often we don't often think about doing the same with our veterinarians. You know, and if if, if you think about it, I mean it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. If you're you're gonna buy your dog the right food and you're gonna, you know, do all the right things that you need to do, then why not take a holistic approach when it comes to healing of our animals? And and we can't deny the fact animals have emotion. So they have an emotional energetic body that also needs to be healed along with the physical. So there has to be a holistic approach or else you're only healing half of the problem. Mhm. True. At half of the time, possibly, if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't heal all of the animals all of the time. Oh, we try though. We do try. <laughs> <laughs> it just—I couldn't help it. The door opened, and there it was. No, oh, you're a—you're a good guy. That tiger's sneaking in. I can see that tail flicking. Lions, <laughs> <laughs> well, tigers, and bears. Oh. Wow. oh. <laughs> Well, honestly, what I have seen over the years, and this is a 25, dare I say it, year-long experience, is that long ago, the questions were, who are you and what do you do? And how do you do it? And it was a 45-minute explanation to take them from the original medical paradigm into the paradigm that is much more commonly understood. And the beauty is a a number of veterinary colleges and schools around the country now consider alternative medicine as part of their training within their program. So I'm very happy to say that I've looked at the time before when it was very new, even though it may have been, for example, acupuncture used in animals in China. We didn't have that in this country and probably most of the rest of the world, though I have not traveled the rest of the world to say so. I just know what my experience has been, that even something as simple as acupuncture for animals, for pain management and or mobility, has an astounding effect comparative to using a narcotic or very strong painkiller. And I've seen it work absolute miracles where animals could not walk, and now they can. And they're motoring around being themselves again, whereas the only other alternative, say 20 years ago, 2015, 20 years ago, was to give them medication to keep them out of pain, which dealt them up and made them sleepy and they really didn't have that same quality of life that's very possible now with very simple modalities that are readily available I dare say in all the major cities in this country and now even on the outskirts so we are doing a beautiful job I feel in this country of bringing the progression forward of natural healing not just from the humans but integrating it into animal practices. And there's so many beautiful, heartfelt people 
being of service to out what I call our little fur beloveds or fur beings in suits. <laughs> so it's amazing to see. And there's so many different modalities that are available. And I find personally now that working with veterinarians, they're asking, how can you help me and what is it that we can do together? And before it was a much uh, more closed perspective. And when I say before, say two decades ago. Now I really believe that not only for humans in this country, that we are catching up for our animal companions in a very beautiful way. And I just see the benefit for everybody in that aspect. So I'm very happy to see it happening. (laughs) Well, and it seems to me that it would perhaps be maybe even easier, you would think, or I would think, to uh, for vets to be accepting of it because veterinary medicine is really sort of at least a lot of uh, uh, illness. What do we do next? Is based around what's best for the animal because they will put them down if that's the what they think is the best thing, and uh, and and we don't put people down, and 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 of course, I'm not saying that putting an animal down is the right answer because often those are things that that one of these different modalities can work with. But it, it would seem they would be more motivated purely by the highest interest of the animal as opposed to with people you have all these social and moral, oh, I can't do that. Uh, you know, I would agree with you. and I'm do- And I'm really thrilled to see how they are willing to, how many of them are willing to integrate um, these alternative practices, including the Reiki healing or hands-on healing or massage therapy or even the kind of physical therapy where they bring the animal into, whether even a horse, a dog or a horse, into a swim tank so that they can float the majority of their body weight, if not a a smaller animal like a smaller dog, where they're learning to regate their movement out of that pain or even as a physiotherapy after a surgery. And a lot of surgeries are done for reparative work on dogs, and I'm happy to see these therapy centers for animals showing up in most places that I look, meaning major cities around the country. And there's an additional aspect to the alternative healing modalities um, that is often a great consideration as an oppositional place from, heaven forbid, having to do euthanasia on your beloved family member, is if, for example, somebody has uh, where the only answer is a very expensive surgery, thousands and thousands of dollars. And they look at the possibility of, well, maybe we can do something, for example, an animal that can no longer walk. And the cost of doing an acupuncture session or regime of treatment would be so much less than having to do an extensive surgery to actually physically rebuild parts or put parts together And you look at what saves their lives is that those alternative therapies are much more affordable 
for regular people to be able to do versus thousands of dollars in surgery. And unfortunately, there are some people who have insurances, health insurances that will for their animals that will cover these things. But in the past, that was not the case. So I think with all of these more natural modalities and natural methods that don't require what I would consider a heroic effort, you look at the ability to save more lives and keep them in a comfortable, high quality of life, a high quality of living, whereas before you might not have ever had that as an option. I've had friends that have been faced with an animal that's a beloved family member Mm -hmm. who has had maybe even just an accident. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them saw a squirrel and got so excited it ran right off the second floor patio of the apartment. Mm -hmm. It just forgot. You know, it was too focused on getting the squirrel, get the squirrel, get the squirrel, and right off. And, uh, and so then was faced with, you know, this multi-thousand dollar, tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. that they don't have mm-hmm. or losing their family member. It's mm-hmm. an excruciating spot for someone yeah. to be in. Not an easy decision. So having having something that they can turn to that's not going to be these tens of thousands of dollars and has that ability to, uh, if not completely rebuild a joint, at least provide pain-free quality of life, you know. You know, uh, yes. That's awesome. It, it's very awesome. And and I, I'm a big fan of aqua therapy. I... Uh, croaked in December of 2007, um, and uh, to use Abraham's term. And, and so I spent a fair part of 2008 learning to walk again, and people are like, you couldn't walk? And, you know, as long as I had less than three feet to go before I fi- there was something I could catch myself on with my arms, I could mm-hmm. get get places. You know, okay. I started, I moved furniture around my house so that I could navigate and always have something to fall against mm-hmm. more than study myself with and uh um and that was the therapy that worked for me was they put me in a pool up to my neck in the water and and i i did have ankle weights on i very light ankle weights uh to be sure that i stayed upright and didn't start to float and Mm -hmm. and and there was somebody with me but it it lessened the the burden so much that i could actually focus on taking the steps as opposed to being so focused on not falling down and breaking my neck, you know. Brilliant. And um, uh, because, one, there was a person next to me, but I could believe that this young lady that was much smaller than me could catch me because I was in the water. Yes. There was very little for her to catch. You know, she could just reach out and push me with one finger and I was right right side up again. Um, Beautiful. Very. I had not really been familiar with it before then and um it certainly was a godsend for me it's a miracle in and of itself that we have come to these understandings that will allow us to progress on our healing path that really are so simple and i think that they're taking that into i know they're taking that into consideration now Whereas um, years ago, I don't know if they really considered it. They didn't consider 
for example, um, the horse therapy. And horse therapy is when someone also has an injury or has a palsy, they do it particularly with children as well, where they don't have the motor skill coordination for gating, which is what you were learning while you were in the water. When they put a person, child, human, someone who's had, say, for example, God forbid, a motorcycle accident, and they really are no longer able to do that coordination, the gait of the horse itself is identical to the pacing and the movement of the human body and the sequencing in a human body's brain. So there are all kinds of miracles, as far as I would call them, being discovered and understood that years ago I don't know that they would have been able to put two and two together. So it's just wonderful. It's I am always amazed and thrilled to see how we can have animals participating so greatly in our life and well-being. And there's so many different examples I can speak about, and I can give you some others. But most of them, I think, we've kind of heard on the fringes. The horse therapy is one where we're repatterning and relearning how to walk. They're ones where they have... Um, schools for children who are diagnosed as either autistic or ADD or um, otherwise have disruptive behavior. And when they come around the horses, and they also do this with dogs as well, it's not just horses, but when they come around and learn how to have that human-animal connection, that deep human-animal bond, amazing things happen for them behaviorally, emotionally, spiritually, they start to mature and develop and become much more of a whole person instead of the child or the person labeled with bad behavior or uncontrollable or whatever um, other titles they might put to possibly use alternative methods to control them. So I'm absolutely thrilled to see it. And it just it warms my heart because... We're all living vital beings. And when we recognize the heart connection between ourselves and the others, our world is so much more enlivened and so much more enriched. Any person who has four-legged fur people in their house knows this. It's not a question. (laughs) I think it might be a – I think we need it as a prerequisite, at least – one beloved animal as you're growing up so you understand empathy and compassion and absolutely unconditional love because that's what they're there to offer us and so much more. (laughs) So I see this entire world becoming a much more holistic approach, integrating our spiritual nature, our love of our animals and love of ourselves and seeing us in a holistic way and I'm so happy it's happening. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely awesome that it's happening. And I, I know for the longest time it was in question as to whether or not it would ever happen. But it's a huge testament to human humility because we had this belief for generations that we could do better than Mother Nature. We could improve upon what we were being given naturally. And so we went down that path and we discovered that maybe not so much. Mother Nature has got this under control. And we started taking step backwards. And, I mean, that 
that says a lot about our ability to look in the mirror, to recognize that, yes, we might have made a mistake, and to go back and, you know, go back to the point where it did work, and then step forward again. And I think that that when we think about how our world is changing and how those things are happening, not just in medicine, but in religion, um, in politics, and we're seeing it right across the board around the world. There's no denying it that this, this really is, I mean, this is, it, I don't even have words some days when I'm watching what's going on. I'm just kind of like, wow, humans are so freaking cool. And I think it's the best way for humanity to see how much worth and value really that humanity has is for it to say, eh, I made a mistake, got to fix it, as opposed to continuing to plod blindly on ahead, determined that their their way is the right way. Um, They they haven't done that. And it's freaking awesome. What always enheartens me deeply is as I see various groups of people uh, looking to create petitions and movements to protect indigenous people, to protect indigenous wildlife, instead of the other side of the coin, which I'm not real happy about, and one of my pet focuses, if you will, really special interest is species survival, and it has a lot to do, almost all to do with humans waking up to know how precious the rest of their planet is and recognizing that we need the elephants with 100-pound tusks on and that we need the rhinos and that, for me, even as a young child, it scared me badly to think that we would kill off animals and there'd be no more giraffes. And I, what I am so very, very heartened about is as I see people moving and creating trusts and creating parks with however it is that they can in various areas on the, in the planet to save our wildlife. And that, to me, speaks so highly of the humans evolved saying, look, we're all precious here. It's important for all of us. And to regulate the areas that might cause... Um, harm to everybody that lives there because I know that there are quotes that are well recognized it's as go the animals so go we so now that we are starting to honor our animals and their their way of life we're really also honoring ourselves and that just makes me so happy so I'm in complete agreement with what you're saying I love watching us evolve It's cool, and and if you if you if you watch carefully enough, I actually answered um, a woman, a, a future guest tonight, a great friend that we made while we were in Costa Rica, an email that she sent, and and part of my answer was that if you watch carefully enough, you'll notice that Mother Nature is actually trying to help us out on this one, um, and and so it's it's kind of like that. The, the loving mother who gives you second chance after second chance after second chance. But if she's a wise mother, she's going to give you just enough rope to kind of hang yourself. But if you decide while you're dangling there that you'd really like some help, she'll lift you up and let Oop, you right figure in. out how to get the rope off your neck, you know. Um, 
it's it's one of those things and and so we've been watching over the last year and a half and and I mean last year they discovered that fungus in the Amazon that eats plastic this year they're they're one of the big things that Rick brought to me recently was this ingenious revelation by the by the American scientists that um our seasons have started to to come earlier so our trees have started to bloom about 7 days earlier than they've normally bloomed in years past but interestingly enough it takes exactly 7 days extra of filtering the air for the trees to filter out the toxins that we emit through our various factories manufacturing mm. automobiles and all that junk right mhm Mother Nature simply decided, okay, well, you need a little air filtering time. I'll give you extra tree time because that makes sense. And so when you start to look at how the whole system works in cooperation and collaboration and it, it kind of meshes together and it flows and you, you become aware of that, you're, you know, you kind of have an aha moment and go, ah, <laughs> I'm not alone in this because it's scary. You're thinking – we, we get told all the time human beings are doing this to the planet and that's the planet. And I, you know, I've gotten to the point really where I kind of giggle because I'm like, it's Mother Nature. She's a lot more powerful than you. Give it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. ain't going to kill her anytime soon. You might kill yourself, but you ain't yeah. going to kill her. Neither she'll Planet's shake you off fine. like a bad case of fleas, you know. <laughs> Planet's exactly. doing fine. But exactly. if you do start to cooperate with her and work with her, she will offer you viable solutions for the problems that you in your I'm not going to say arrogance so much as I'm going to say ignorance because I don't think it was yeah I, yeah because because it was creation it was you know oh look what we can make oh look what we can do look at yes. I, I think it really is like a kid like kid like oh I I I, I did this well, uh, you you drew a beautiful picture on my mirror, darling, but you just used up the last little bit of lipstick that I had, and I have to go out to a meeting right now. So, um, you know, I, yeah. really, that's really kind of the attitude that I see our evolution. And now we've kind of got into our, you know, we're stepping out of our teenagehood because teenagers are stubborn as hell, and that's where we've been. <laughs> Right? And so we're kind of stepping into early adulthood, and we're realizing, you know, my mom might have been right on a few things. So we're taking a step back, and we're saying, Mom, um, do you got any advice on this? And she's answering. I love it. And, you know, just with miraculous, miraculous creations are coming forth out of our mother, and she's giving us these solutions, and they're just there. And and now that the scientists have started noticing, I, I mean, it's watch out because we're going to see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And pretty soon we're not going to be able to call them miracles. We're going to have to call them everyday occurrences because that's just the way our life, our world is. Yeah, I and see when, that happening more and more. When something doesn't just straighten itself out right before your eyes, you just kind of look at it like, what's that? I've, yeah. heard, I've heard the legend of problems. Would that be a a problem? And then poof, it's all. Because really, it does. It, it, um, you know, I think of the trip that we just had to Costa Rica, to a place where mountain spring water comes out of the tap. And of course, you know, to which Gene answers, "Well, it does in my place too," but it doesn't. It doesn't in my place. And but it used to. It wasn't mountain spring water, but it was aquifer spring water. Natural um, source water. 
And uh, that's where the people, you know, as long as it's a long-term settlement, that's kind of why it was there to begin with is because there was water and food and, you know, our ancient ancestors were many things, but they were not stupid. <clears throat> Let's go somewhere where we can all die of hunger and thirst. Oh, yeah, sounds fun. Um, uh, nope, and, they didn't do that. Yeah, no. And, 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 and so if you just quit fooling with it, and it was the thing, and I can understand. I mean, you know, I was kind of one of these cross-generational kids. My sisters are the same age as... Um, one of my sisters, same age as one of, is my first wife, and 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 it was not unusual, you know. It was mm-hmm. like, um, you know, um, I mean, my first wife's mother, you know, parents, and uh, mm-hmm. because my sisters are much older, and I was a surprise, you know. Doc, doctor, beautiful said, one. <laughs> doc, doctor said my mother couldn't get pregnant, and I said, really? <laughs> I think you know everything, do you? Ah, well. Good answer. <laughs> but um maybe not. So I got to see with my parents. They, you know, were getting out of they were born in the 20s and they were getting out of college in the 40s. And uh so they were really sort of going out into the world in the 50s. And it was there was this promise. Um it shouldn't have been a promise, maybe just a an idea, but there was this promise sort of made of chemistry is going to fix it all, science is going to fix it all. Yeah. Everything you know, polio, things things were happening. Science, uh, antibiotics came along. The, yes. Science brought these miracles. And it's why I don't think we should throw the whole of it out. It's because there are some really wonderful things. But there was this idea that was generated and, and then promoted by the chemical industry of mm. we have all the answers. Mm. <laughs> and what we don't have just needs a little research. We'll and, make it for you. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> show us what it is. We'll figure out how to copy it. Yeah. And um, and as anybody that has used particularly duplication machines in schools, it seems, after a while of making a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, you've got nothing left but a blank piece of paper. Truly. The life force is no longer it in it. just goes. Yeah. You say, where'd it go? Meh. Which, which copy was bad? They were all as, as it could be. You know, it's just you can't do that forever. Well, you know, the thing is I believe that we are truly waking up. And I have noticed over time and most of the original research and still even at, uh, to a great extent with healing modalities and herbal medicine and certainly homeopathics. I find that Europe is way ahead of us, and it seemed over the years that that wisdom of not relying on pharmaceuticals but to rely, or synthetic compounds, but to rely on the natural plants and medicines that they have been doing for hundreds, if not thousands of years, started migrating over here. And still to this day, a great many... Um, natural substances and formulas that I find very, very useful can really only be gotten from plants and plant products coming out of Europe to here. And in, in particular, even some of the homeopathics are made in either Germany or France, and you have to import them to use them. But they are highly, or not but, 
and they are highly effective, and we have nothing like that here in this country. And many of them highly respected in Europe. It's just, oh, my goodness. You ask yeah. anybody, what what do you do when the flu comes? And, you know, you go get Ocillo. They don't say. Exactly. Just like somebody here might say you go get Tylenol. It's just yes. what every, it's just everybody knows that. I know. And And I remember the transition from being a child who thought everybody knew everything that I did. <laughs> to, wow, these people in this other part of the world think differently. Yes. And it's, some of it's really cool. Some of it's a little cuckoo. And if we if we would all just quit looking at the cuckoo and look at the cool, we could take the, that big spoon and stir this planet, and you would have a beautiful soup instead I, of all these little pockets of weird-tasting things. Well, and, I, and I have to point out something really, really important is that something that you said right at the beginning of that statement, and I love the fact that you said it the way you said it, because we've been saying it for so freaking long, and I'm so sick of people saying it the other way. But you specifically said, I believe we are waking up. Not, we have to wake up. We need to wake up. Most people over there are not awake. It's we collectively are waking up. And there is the big shift in perception that's going to create the big change that's coming and is here, and is happening. That's the big shift. It's no longer about, I need to wake that person up. I need to blah, 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 blah. It's about, we are collectively waking up, and we need to utilize the technology, which is this beautiful thing of the Internet that allows us to communicate on a global scale, to educate ourselves and each other, and to learn from those brothers and sisters who otherwise we would not be able to learn from if we did not have this technology. Truly, the greatest gift to mankind's evolution has been immigration. Yes. And this amazing thing that we call the Internet. Uh, Honestly, because... <laughs> I laugh because when I saw the reach during the Serbian War of high school students, the high school students there, and the media wasn't covering what was happening, and this high school girl in Serbia... Or maybe, yeah, I believe it was Serbia, said this is what's happening outside my window. And through the high school, the truth ran like wildfire across the country. And I believe it might have been a California high school that had the Internet connection to there. And I looked at that, and this, of course, is many years ago at this point, thank goodness, that that war is long gone. But the thing that I saw was that the truth of what is will come out. And I think that a lot of people recognize on a very basic level that when they want to find someone to connect in with or want to find additional information on something that may not be readily available, that's what we have the Internet for. And I really see it as a blessing in the sense that it becomes a collective consciousness for the entire planet. And what I see so easily happening is even if I find a website in French or Italian or German, there's a translation program that I can key right into, and I may not get every word, as many people might not, but you certainly get the understanding of what it is that you're reading. So we really are becoming a beautiful global community in the way that you're saying. It is a huge gift. So I'm not excited. To mention, not to mention how many people who have 
certain disorders, and I know this, you know, they can't, the people who have suffered from cancer, fibromyalgia, MS, all these freaking diseases, these people now have created massive global communities, not so that they have a space to bitch, whine, and chew about the pain and the suffering that they're in, but so that they have a safe space where they can go, where they can find information, where they can find inspiration, where they can find help, where they can find hope. That, to me, is an astoundingly beautiful thing. When somebody from the U.K. can talk to somebody in the U.S., they're both going through the same problems health-wise, and they can find comfort in the journey that they are taking together across an ocean, never having met. That is magic, magic, and it's oh. undeniable, and it's amazing. <laughs> these, these we the people... Yes. folks that keep showing up like some crazy <laughs> some crazy Israeli that decides well I you know I got to do something about this because this is crazy yeah. this talk of war oh, oh well I'm a graphic designer I make pictures I can make a picture so he makes a picture of you know hey Iran we would never bomb you I don't even know you I love you right right and some Iranian guy sees it and goes Whoa, look at that. I know exactly how he feels. And so he puts a picture up. And pretty soon, you know, the leaders in the countries are not finding anybody that wants to believe that there's evil folks on the other side. <laughs> and, and know. you know, when everybody's talking to everybody, you can't get away with much. You know, Hopefully, yeah. And it's, it, it, it's just not supported anymore. Yay. Because it, 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 people are discovering, rediscovering what politicians have forgotten. <laughs> Politicians used to be called diplomats because you spent more of your time talking to the people you disagreed with mm -hmm. than you did talking to your allies. Because if you want to, quote, unquote, conquer somebody, that's you're going to get pushed back against. But if you really wish to destroy an enemy, the only way to do it is make them your friend. And the <laughs> only way to do that is to talk to them. It, it, no more enemies. And and we usually discover when we yeah. talk to each other that our biggest concern is, you know, are they going to have the pants I want at the mall this weekend? Or can I see the movie? Or I want to go to the football game. What, what? And let's face it, when another country's economy is so intermingled with a country that's, you know, on the other side of the world, and their people rely on that economy to remain stable. And when another country has a whole bunch of their own people from their country that are now living in countries around the world, who are you going to bomb? How are you going to convince your people that it's okay to drop a bomb in this country when your people are going to say, but that's my cousin. Yes, I have right. cousins over there. Have you yes. lost your freaking mind? You can't bomb my cousin. <laughs> my kids over there going to university. Bombs. What seems to be the problem? Well, we have ideological differences. What are you kidding? What? What? You don't like the Batman movie? What was it ideologically that you don't like? Well, here's here's the aspect of that, which comes down to the way I see medicine coming out of the way that it was practiced in the past to the way that um is a matter of the ideology and the way that this information was presented to us 
is no longer valid as a single source presentation, kind of like when a doctor pronounces, oh, you'll never get better. And we have people going on with fibromyalgia seeing other people online who've gotten better and the methodology that they've used. It's a collective consciousness and a shift to awareness that's occurring instead of believing, quote-unquote, the powers that be, which used to be the only way. And that's what we were kind of um, led to believe with the scientific medical revolution in the 50s and forward with antibiotics and um, all kinds of compounds. You know, better better living through science, I think, was one of the models. I don't remember if it was Monsanto or whomever, but we all know where that's going, which in my opinion is not necessarily a good thing, and that could be a whole other conversation and a topic, which in ways... It's appropriate to address, in my opinion, because when we deal with things that what we used to perceive as healthy and okay, a modified food organism, they never the they that created it never seemed to be able to release the truth in studies and what the results were when they fed animals those compounds. And now that information is out there commonly for those who want to look for it. And it may or may not get into the typical media streams, but with the way our Internet works, things of wisdom and insight can go viral in days and touch millions of people. I find that fascinating. So it goes back to what you were saying, Jean, that this whole blossoming of consciousness and the ability to access and find different truths for ourselves is so vital a part of becoming self-aware and self-determined in our level of consciousness that we have the ability to make self-determined choices about how we're going to care for ourselves, how we're going to care for our animals, and it's an entirely different perspective from which to live a life. And I'm just, I'm thrilled by it. I mean, the more good that we can offer insight-wise, and when I say more good, I mean it in the sense of there are options versus only a single path to walk on, then we're giving people for themselves and their animals the ability to make choices that can be extremely beneficial, that may not have ever been accessible before. So... We have health food stores everywhere with healthy food for animals, with non-GMO, and it's the same thing. It's following through for our humans. So collectively, I think our consciousness, I see our consciousness raising to the place where we have the discernment and we're able to make choices, and it's a beautiful, elegant wave of awareness that I see happening everywhere, even without getting into a political um, objective type of uh, arena. We're we're going with the flow of wisdom. (laughs) Right on. I I think that's the key to it is it's just a flow. So this, they're that and they need to change the way they do things. Who is they? They're us. So when you say society needs to change, society is you, so change. End of story. It's that simple. When you change, when you change, the world changes. You look out at the world and you say, someone ought to do something about that. Well, one day you're going to wake up and realize that you're someone. So do something about that. And I love that that's what people are doing. 
I see it on uh, it's the so the social media aspect of the various um collective platforms that are being used is that they feel that they have the power. They feel that they can do it and it they don't have to be subversive in doing it. They can put it right out there and people can choose to join, choose to participate or even choose to create their own pathway for what it is that they see to initiate change. As an example, there was a young girl who put a uh, petition for uh, her school to initiate meditation and yoga classes, uh, I guess a couple days a week instead of some other not as, in my opinion, not as, and her opinion, not as beneficial activity. And she got an amazing response that then went back to the school through her and they instituted a meditation yoga practice for the children there. So here's a little girl, and I mean little, like I think maybe 12 or something, a young girl, who said, this is what we need to do, and I'm going to ask for help getting it done, and she did it. So we are we are them. We are she, and I love seeing it happen. It's our ability to communicate with each other in a clear way that we can be understood and we can see purpose and we can take part in others' beliefs and projects that we see the value in. And I'm all about that. I want to bring everybody together to have all the same projects. I want to see everybody supporting everybody else for all the benefit of everybody. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've got about 30 minutes left, so why don't we take a quick break and uh, uh, have some music for folks. And when we get back from the uh, from the break, maybe you can uh, start us off with a, uh, a brief insight into what's going on with some of our animals. And um, uh, sure. then if we have some callers that have questions, we'll... They'll know what to expect, and we'll we'll bring them right through. So, um, just along the lines of all of this discussion we've been having about mother and life and animals and stuff, um, we should play that song. We should play that song. You know that. Of course, we should play that song. Uh, <laughs> this is our dear friend Ina V uh, with her song Earth Prayer, and it's based on around Hawaiian Ho'oponopono. Mm-hmm. And um, she's also doing some amazing uh, philanthropic stuff with the funds from the sale of the single. Uh, so uh, go see her at www.enavie.com. That's enavie.com. And check her out. Uh, but this is her song, Earth Prayer. We'll be right back. Stay with us, folks. This is our home, and we 
Welcome back, everybody. That was our dear friend, Dina V, with her song, Earth Prayer. And uh, just yummy song. Heart joy. She she just did what I do all the time. I heard you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a yummy heart song. Thank you. Isn't it? Awesome. Beautiful. I I always, I listen to it and go, (sighs) (laughs) exactly. More heart, more heart, more heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sings along with it. (laughs) I used to say I was going to get her one of these times, and then all of a sudden Blog Talk installed this beeper when you go from mute to live. And I was like, George. Because I always get my way. So we have um, we have one question in the chat room already, and uh, uh-huh. we did say we were going to take call-in questions. Um, and the number for that is 805-243-1318. Don't forget to rate, push 1 to put up your hand so that Rick knows that you actually have a question. Um, and our guest actually has, to kick it off, she has an amazing um, story about animal-human connection that she'd like to share, and then we'll get back to the story, or back to the questions. It would be my pleasure. I was recently asked to come and hold the head of a wild Mustang mare that the Bureau of Land Management had rounded up and had then sold or was adopted into a family of other horses, both male and female, and a couple young foals. Now, the reason why I was invited to hold her head and we made arrangements for me to come and have a visit, which the story changed a little bit later, and I'll share that too, because she was afraid of the methodology, which is a a grinder, to trim hoofs down. Now, if you can imagine, you have, say, a a five- or six-year-old mare, a wild mare who's run her entire existence without the company of humans, never needing her feet cleaned, or hoofs, if you will, cleaned or shortened because they grow equivalent to what it is that the stress of running wild offers. So the body adapts. We're back into Mother Nature adapting to take care of her own. And so the issue was is this horse, only recently in human care compared to the length of her life, her name is Shakti, actually, which I love, it's very cool. It's very cool. Beautiful white spirit horse was scared of her human mother and the sound of the grinder. And so she asked if I would come and hold the mare's head and talk to her and quiet her so that she would feel secure while Mama did the hoof trimming. And so while Mama was telling me the story, I started having a communication in conversation with Shakti, the horse. And I asked her basically what was going on. And what she offered me was that she explained some of her life story to me, but what she said was that she was scared of these strange things and she didn't understand what was happening, that it was strange to her, it didn't feel good, and the noise was just beyond what she could handle and stay still for. And so she also shared with me that from her life being wild and not having any kind of human interaction, she was pretty leery because of the way she'd been rounded up, 
the way she'd been penned, and she showed me that she was scared of the men and the people that had taken her from her beautiful, free, herd life family, very collective family, and put her into a pen, and she had good reason not to trust humans. And so I explained to her, and I pictured her mama, I explained to her that the person that she had, her human mama now, was someone that loved her and cared for her and would not allow any harm to come to her, and that even though the grinder was a strange thing, that she was doing something to help her hoofs so that she would feel better standing on it. And she kind of showed me the way that things looked to her as far as she saw the other horses. She is the lead mare. She's the boss mare of everybody because she's wild. So she's what they call an alpha mare. And so she holds position and rank in a very different way than a subservient or a younger animal might be. So part of it was that she felt that she had to hold her dominance and not subject herself to something that she didn't feel was necessary or she didn't like. And so I didn't hear back from her that next week, and I thought, okay, maybe she found somebody else to help hold the mare's head. And it came to the understanding, she came to the understanding that after I'd had the communication, and this was a conversation with the human mama, that not only had she been able to do her hoofs by herself, but that her entire persona and the way that she interacted with her human mama, as well as the way she was on the farm and around the people that would come, is a is a completely different horse. In other words, the human mama said she's much better. She's so much better. And all I could do was say, thank you, God. Thank you for answering the prayers. But it shows how we are so bonded in ways that some people are yet to discover and are yet to be aware of. And the mama had not necessarily understood why it was so much easier to have that conversation with her and be able to do her hooves without having her really become scared and freak out and want to kick and run away. And so, to me, that's simply a beautiful confirmation that we have these beautiful, innate abilities, all of us. I I do not say that I'm the only one that is an animal communicator. I believe that we're all animal communicators. It's just a matter of knowing what it is that we're listening to. And because I feel I come from my heart when I'm around animals and people, I just simply love them. And then I listen. So it might be a beautiful way for people to understand that coming from their heart for animals, whether it's their home animals or whether it's an animal from somebody else, that that heart connection is very vital and very viable. And to rely on listening to your heart speaking to you when you are in in connection with animals. So it's just a beautiful gifting, a, a, a small story, but it happens all the time. People who know their animals understand exactly who they are by personality. And maybe some things might be confusing and not understood, but I believe we all hold the key to understanding each other's consciousness effortlessly. 
So that's how I came to the understanding of Shakti the White Horse, the lead mare horse, wild Mustang, now somewhat domesticated. <laughs> and so her life now is a much happier life because she views her life as a, a, from a very different perspective than having to be fearful about what might happen next in the company of humans. And it was a very, for me, it was a very simple conversation. It was effortless. I didn't have to work on it. It just flowed naturally. And I believe all of us hold those keys within us. I think we all hear our animals. <laughs> I, and I think, honestly, I just had a, an incredible experience um, mm-hmm. in Costa Rica, and I think that it goes far beyond just our, our pets. Um it was an interesting experience for me because I've been squeamish about bugs in the past and the bugs in Costa Rica are fairly large. But um, what happened was there was this gorgeous moth hanging out in in the common kitchen area and I started petting it. And, well, oh. I actually, first I told it, first I told it how big it was. And it had its wings folded, so it was just a brown-gray moth. But it was so stunning because it was massive and it was gorgeous. And um, I'll try to make the story quick because we do have questions and callers. But, okay. Um, so I I told it how beautiful it was, and it, it spread its wings, and oh. it had this intense coloring on the inside, the interior wings, and it just astounded me. I was absolutely just blown away by how gorgeous it was. Like, it spread its wings, I think I'm beautiful like that, look at me now, kind of thing. <laughs> and by the end of the night, I was, they asked me on film, and we could actually see the Everyday Connection um, website. Um, and on my Facebook page, I think it's on my Facebook page, it's certainly on our YouTube account, um, we put together a, a short video, and it's certainly not all the footage we took that night, but a short video of, of some of the bugs that I was petting. And I was literally sitting there petting these bugs, telling them how amazing they were. Um, I had another one just sit on my finger and, and give me this amazing display of its ability to to beat its wings really quickly and not go anywhere. Um, so it was, it was just a, an amazing 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 experience and it all started because i told one bug that it was beautiful and literally like i out loud said oh my goodness aren't you beautiful and all of a sudden we were inundated with these insects that were coming in and it was really like all of a sudden and the more filming we did the more insects came because it was like oh there's humans that appreciate us here and talk to us and and they just came and and it is, so I get what you're saying, um, and and I've never had that happen with well, when I was very young with deers, it would happen, <laughs> which is not sorry in another show. But I haven't had that happen as an adult except for with my own pets until I went to Costa Rica and and I told the moth it was beautiful, and then it just shifted the whole energetic. So it's just fabulous. Um, it can anybody can do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and I think that that's that's. The beautiful thing is that it's not a, it's, it's a gift certainly, but it's not a, a a special gift that only a few elite people have. I think that it's an innate ability in every human being and simply forgotten. I agree, my dear. We're trained out of us. <laughs> we do have a question in the chat. Huh? I'd um, here. That we should probably get to because we're get nine fourteen already. Although for our listeners we can go over a little bit if we have to. So if you have a question and you're on Quay to call in then um we will get to you. Um our question in the chat has, is <laughs> I have been telepathically asking another cat to be friends with my cat. Why isn't that cat listening? It's still trying to attack my cats. 
let me think on that for a moment. Well, it seems like there needs to be some permission asked about the cat that isn't being attacked and if it's okay for that introduction to happen. But there's something else that's also occurring there. Um, Give me a moment. Somehow there's an my sense is that there's an insecurity in the one that's being attacked or attacking, um, and I'm not exactly certain where it comes from, but it has to do with possibly something that happened earlier on in its life, and even though the animal, the kitty that's being attacked is not the threat, the perception is there by that other one. So it might be a really healthy thing to have a conversation with both of them and you don't even have to do it telepathically. Just talk to them. Just say it out loud. There doesn't have to be a fancy way of communicating. When we do things long distance, then you could call it telepathically. But if you have the beings right there with you, my sense is that you probably can do things to make them equal, like share two little catnip piles in the same room but not on top of each other feed them at the same time so that they understand there's a commonality between the two of them. And that probably will help smooth the way for them learning that it's okay to be around each other, particularly the one that feels threatened and starts to attack. So the commonality, again, is is the best approach, I think. And catnip works wonders on kitties. (laughs) So that's where I would start. It certainly does. I used to have a friend who um, he had one cat himself, and he lived in an apartment complex. And his it, it was almost like he was the catnip dealer because um, <laughs> he bought catnip by the truckload almost. And he would leave piles um, outside on his patio, and the cats in the neighborhood that all, you know, scruff and play and fight and blah, 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 blah. But when they came to his house, you'd get like six or seven of them all getting along and sitting there eating their catnip. Quite contentedly, they were all happy to be together to eat their catnip. And then they'd go off into their various... It was really quite astounding. You never got about, you know, cats get along. Um, especially in a place like that where they're very territorial. This is my... Yes, they don't mess with my space. And so, yeah, I wow, yeah, catnip. I love catnip. It's <laughs> It's a beautiful thing. It's that it's again what you're really looking at is that sense of commonality and community. You know, people used to think that cats were very solitary creatures and wouldn't form communes, and yet, at the same time, that was being said by some scientists. There were barn kitties who were siblings or second generation that you'd find all the mamas watching everybody else's baby and nursing everybody else's babies in the barn, in the hay, and they formed little communes and didn't have that sense of, this is my territory, I need to fight for my living, get out of my mouse hunting region. So creating that healthy space. Yeah. They do astounding things when we <laughs> stop jacking with them. Really? When we stop putting our expectations on animals as to how they should behave with each other, 
they behave exactly the way they naturally would behave, which is to just get along. You know, if there's enough food for all of us, why are we fighting? It's very true. It's very true. Um, you know, it, it is commonality. It is a level of comfort. You know, and it could it could be something as simple as maybe they the people need two litter boxes for two kitties. I mean, it, it can be something simple where the brain switches on and the scent of another cat that they did not grow up with is enough to set off that instinctual response. But I think really most of the time I have seen blended families do beautifully together from multiple generations, from rescue groups where you might have 10 cats being fostered and no one's fighting. Everybody's grateful to be alive. Everybody's grateful to be fed. And it's a beautiful blended family that you see occurring when you just leave them alone and take care of what their needs are. So I think really probably that works very very much the same way for humans as well. <laughs> yeah, there's a lesson in there somewhere, but that'll be another. We're going to have to have you back. Um, we do have callers. I know My that Rick is patiently waiting okay. for callers. So uh, let's get one on the line and see what's up. My pleasure. Rick. And he said, thank you, Scott. You got one on the line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe. Uh, I'll try that again. Caller from 252. Caller from area code 252. You're on the air. Ah, oh, well, good evening. Um, good evening. I know somebody's not recognizing my book. I'm an old client and a very dear friend of Sophie Jantar. Um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> you do God, now, bless don't you. You. <laughs> God bless you, Mama. <laughs> I have I have to expound on her accolades. I have my vet here in North Carolina. Uh, when I had my older animal, said he had never had Rottweilers and Siamese cats live to the age that they live and. He toted that on to the fact that um, Sophia was also behind the scenes helping me with their ailments and their nutrition and their well-being. And my one Rottweiler passed away at the age of 17 and a half years. Oh, uh, Mama Spirit. Yeah, Yeah. They're not supposed to live that long, I was told. (laughs) Yeah, well, they were wrong. (laughs) But they were very wrong. Very Thank much God. So. But I have two of my children have little issues. Um, uh-huh. Ivy is, you know, one of my six-year-old Rotties I now have. She's been diagnosed with a facial tumor, and it's benign. But I notice every once in a while her eye on that side almost it weeps, like real gunky, mm-hmm. weepy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do for her eye to help flush it out or to clear it up because it's just so nasty looking. And sometimes it's just so thick and almost like mucus that it's, I, I almost have to peel it off her eyelashes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my sense is, is her body's doing exactly what it's designed to do, which is to discharge and detox whatever it is that that non-malignant tumor is, and her body's clearing it out literally. And what I always do for one that does wonders are warm compresses. Whenever you have something that's exuding or coming out, 
of of a body part, even an eye or sinuses, you know, like muzzles. If you put warm compresses, like salt water compresses, it actually will help speed the body's process up to be able to drain it more quickly. So just actually stimulating the area with the heat is something that feels really, really good and will probably help her clear it more quickly. Okay. Oh, I know. That, so. that, a real simple thing. <laughs> yes, because I, I would really like for this to go away. I don't, I don't I understand. Want to stuck with this. And my okay. other child with the issue is little Brandon, my little orange uh, long-haired cat, I, I can't tell you the name of the disease, but the basics of the disease is that his gums are attacking his teeth. And he has his, his breath smells like every tooth in his head is rotten, and he gets all these ulcers all over his lips and his muzzle from this disease. And I'm having to take him every six weeks to get a depot shot, and I'm wanting to do something to maybe I, I don't care what the vet says. I'm concerned about steroids mm-hmm. every six weeks going through his body. So the Depro, the form, mm-hmm. so the Depro yeah. for others who don't know, is a, a steroid anti-inflammatory drug that they use as an injection, very commonly to bring inflammation down of all sorts. Um, the thing that I love doing for anything that's mucosal membrane, meaning nose, sinus, mouth, intestines, is I use a really good probiotic. And I use it pretty consistently in their food. And that way you're giving the body the natural bacteria that belongs inside the body. And I have seen it work beautiful wonders for animals that have all kinds of irritations in their mouths, whether it's along the gum line or not. Um... The difficulty is is that there's an aspect to any kind of inflammatory process that says that the immune system is having an issue at hand. So I can't say that I could diagnose it. Obviously, the vet already has. But to do things to build up his immune system would help greatly. And even simply, the good quality probiotics that I know you know about do that. That okay. helps the immune system. 80, 65 okay. to 80% of our, our immune system, those of us who have uh, an intestinal tract, is generated an immune system response from the inside of our of our intestines. So the healthier we get our intestines, whether we're human or animal, the healthier our immune system is. So I think that would be that would be my first thing that probably would offer him comfort as well. And you can also use calendula in a glycerin base because that stops pain on contact. I've used it myself, and it works wonders. And it's it's okay if we swallow it. <laughs> okay. Well, I not... I would start I would start there, and of course you can call me and let me know. I would love for you to call me and let me know how he's doing, and I can talk with your vet and have a conversation and see what his insights are and what else he might be noticing. But I know you are so articulate and so well-experienced in working with vets all these years of breeding animals. If you don't know it, I don't know that a vet does either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate that, and I'm going shopping tomorrow. I'm going to take care of my children because they are the love of my life. 
I know they are. Well, they got a good mama. <laughs> they got a great mama. <laughs> yes. Well, I appreciate that. They have a good auntie, too. But I will let you go and take care of somebody else, and I appreciate your help tonight. Thank you. Much love, dear. Much love. I love you, too. Thanks yeah. so much for calling. <laughs> All right. Well, that really does sort of bring us right to the uh, right to the time. Imagine how that. Well, works. not really, because I want to just give oh. a shout out to that particular caller. Um, my shepherd, although we've managed to utilize Seabedge in getting rid of many of his skin issues, is still having a, a huge problem with his nose. Um, and his mama, before us, was a in the house two pack a day kind of smoker um and and he has um if the air is dry or particularly hot he has huge problems with his nose and it's actually getting worse unfortunately he licks it all the time and of course you can't put anything on it exterior because he'll just lick it off and he doesn't really want you to touch it it's very dry chafed cap um cracked uh it's bled a couple times, but we got that under control, so, you know, we're not overly concerned about the bleeding, high polyps, Um, and we know that it's just from the exterior, mostly from the exterior, and and it seems to be dryness, and yet he continues to lick it, of course, so when you lick chapped lips, what happens when you get chapped? Oh, yeah. Right. So would the probiotics work for that as well? Because it would be very easy to integrate that into his food. Well, you know, I, I kind of wonder about the itchy skin and dry skin and, and the dry nose. Now, here's the thing, and it's really a, a brilliant introduction for us to understand the complexities of the chemical compounds in cigarettes and how that affects our natural immunity and our system. And this is across the board. It doesn't matter whether we're human children, animal children, or human adults. It's across the board. There are many different heavy metals or toxic compounds and toxic compounds in cigarettes. We can we as a mammal can utilize resources that we have in our body to chelate or bond to some of these complex compounds and pass them through our system. The difficulty becomes that when you have um extended exposure you know, year after year, not just walking by someone smoking in a cafe, as an example for the difference. It builds up an amount in your body that your body simply starts lacking the resources to take it out and push them away and get rid of them, which then would get rid of the problems and the issues. Now, the beautiful thing is is that you're saying his itchy skin has basically calm down is it completely resolved at this point it's 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 almost completely resolved and it's it's i'm going to attribute it to that miracle stuff that rick and i use to um to to alter our path to wellness which is the cetation that was provided by one of our guests um i've been using it for my dogs and it seems to have calmed down my chihuahua's neuroses it's calmed down these dry skin issues um, certainly has done wonders for their coat and their sheen. And Luki's energy level, which is the older shepherd, mm-hmm. his energy level is is at an all-time high. Uh, but I just, 
the CV veg is apparently not enough, I guess, mm-hmm. to heal mm-hmm. the damage that's been done. So I'm looking for something else to add to that. I know his body will heal eventually, but he's also a nine-year-old shepherd who was exposed for a long time to smoke. And as you said, you know, human body's not designed to take it. Either is an animal's. And sure. it's not like I... I would know where to begin to put an animal on a detox regime. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I can ask. I understand. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm working on right now. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm working on that right now because, truthfully, well, go to – I'll put it in a bigger picture. I worked with veterinary oncologists for most of the 25 years that I was involved directly with them going from one hospital to another. And one of the things that we looked at with hair analysis, or in the case of animals, fur analysis, was how much heavy metal toxicity was in their body. Now, heavy metal toxicity can come from insecticides on lawns. It can come from flame retardants on pet beds. It can come from cigarettes. And it most certainly and unfortunately can come from vaccines, which are usually preserved with mercury or thimerosal is the name for it. So you have all these little weird metals and toxicities in there. The way to chelate them out or wash them out of the body are a very few non-toxic, simple compounds that can be added into the food. And that's what I always looked at in anybody that had that kind of exposure and we can prove scientifically whether they have it or not and if it's getting less and if it's going away. So there's certain simple things, and that's what it is I'm working to put together, and we can talk about it you know, at another time when I have it um, available for other people. But the idea is to make it so simple and so easy that anybody can do it for their animals and it's understandable. Oops. So sorry I about the that. ringing sound. I see it. I'm trying to get her back again. There she is. There she got her internet back, maybe. Hello? There she is. So where did I lose your sweet love? Do we have her? We're working uh, on having we're, her. Yeah, we're working on having her. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. Um, for everybody to understand. The world that we live in has these chemicals and compounds around us. And some of us have a better ability to detox it and get rid of it and clear it. And some of it has to do with our genetics. Some has to do with our exposure to it, whether it's repetitive. For example, a person or a dog who always goes jogging on the side of a highway, that's a busy highway, is going to have a lot more exposure to strange compounds that really don't belong in a viable body. You know, a healthy body shouldn't have those strange things in there. So what we look at is how can we limit the exposure and what can we do with the exposure that we have? And there are different compounds that can take these things out in a very simple and easy way. And that's what it is that we can do for ourselves and we can do it for animals also because we all know the exposure's there. We all have the desire to improve and become educated, and I think that that's a very key element for he- remaining healthy, having a good, strong life. And one of the beautiful things about what Loki is taking is I'm 
getting that probably the compound has a lot of sea minerals in it or trace minerals in it and has probably a good amount of iodine and seaweed mixed into it, although I don't know if it's vegetables yes. made from it's, yeah. It's all it's, it's a kelp blend essentially. How beautiful um, is that? And 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 one of the things Scott talks about being key to its uh abilities is the vegetable based iodine as opposed to some synthetic petroleum based iodine. It's very different. It's a different chemical compound, and I totally agree with him. I'm totally right there. The thing about, or the beauty about what you're doing is multifold. We're going to do the ring thing again. um, Well, her internet may come back again. She's in the uh, northern of the Appalachians there, and and the internet (laughs) sometimes. But... um, um, and and also the the um, he has two different uh, sea veggies. One of them is called Super Sea Veg with vitamin D and sea cow, and um, it's what his uh, he gives to his own mother because uh, it's a vegetable based calcium as opposed yes. to ground up chalk, which pretty much oh. goes in one end and out the other. <laughs> and um, not to, you know, be okay. discussing at the end of the show, folks. I don't know. No, no, it's okay. It's pretty well, good for hanging overtime for us. It, it really, you know, oyster shells are not a natural human foodstuff. Well, how about this? The same thing that Bon Ami, the cleanser that's been around for at least 100 years, has ground up oyster shells, and I can't figure out for the life of me why someone would want to swallow that. <laughs> are you trying to scrub the inside? It's just really, it's not, that's, not, that's not how you do that. With good results at any rate, but yeah, it's it's viable when it becomes a natural food source product, and that's what I always look to use the most first and foremost. And one of the things I always offer up is, and I just kind of smile, and it might create a sensation with some people who have a different view about evolution, but I can refine it even further. We, but the first part of it is. We all came from the ocean. At one point, our life forms knew what the great bath of seawater ocean was. And however we evolved through the multiple generations, we were designed to have a rich bath that eventually we became birthed through amniotic fluid, which is full of all kinds of wonderful trace minerals and saline solution that nourish our bodies. So as we age due to environmental exposures, due to the food having depleted soil and a number of other things that we could go on forever. When those trace minerals are depleted, things start not to work as well. When you start putting them back into a body, and it doesn't really matter what body it is, things start functioning again simply because they have... The, the new, your body has the nutrients, your cells have the nutrients that they need to function at the level that they were originally sign, designed to do. And Beautifully I, put. I firmly believe that our bodies, cat, dog, horse, human, all of us, are magnificent healing machines. And all we have to do is give them the resources to do the job. And that's the way that I understand healing to be. 
just give us what we need and we'll do it. <laughs> right. It's a self-correcting yes, system. Yes, yes, yes. See, even Molly and Lukey agree. Yes, exactly. Uh, but it, 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 because it is, it's true. It's it. I used to wonder when I was a kid. I was like, okay, now wait a minute. You're telling me that these cells, most of them, these cells in my body, don't live a day. And so I don't have the cells I had yesterday. But what I did yesterday is gonna. What I don't. Why did it quit fixing itself? Why did it, what? What happened? What do you mean old, rundown? What? It didn't make any sense to me as a child. I was like, what are you talking about? Doesn't make sense. And and but if you don't have the raw materials, you can't keep building the structure. And yeah. we, you know, the science for a while was, you know, like take aspirin. It's a uh-huh. basically an extract from white willow bark. I know. And well, I think we're better off with white willow bark. Than well, willow well, but they they they're like, okay, this is the one chemical that gives the headache relief. True. Uh, and all these other chemicals, they're obviously meaningless. No, wait a minute. Those were the things that kept you from burning an ulcer in your belly, is what they are. And uh, and and Mother Nature has this way of putting all that stuff in there together, in all these exact proportions. And you say, oh, yeah, you don't really need that trace mineral. I mean, yes, you have that exact same percentage in your body, and it seems a strange coincidence, but it's unimportant. And you're just like, what? Wait a minute. And, uh, you know, or because so, things have been laboratory purified and Ooh, synthesized and <laughs> big words and, oh, it sounds good, oh, yeah. God, it's that no, scary. <laughs> it, it, it is almost always the case, I think, that, that whatever it is in a plant, you know, they go find a plant that indigenous people have been using for millennia. Right. Uh, for a condition, and then they do all kind of tests, and they decide it's this one thing, you know. And but they, there are some plant remedies that they know work, but they can't figure out what it is that does it. Well, that's because they're trying to look for one thing. That's right. I couldn't agree more. And I could agree very much. <laughs> it's not the that that it's not that simple. No. It's it it is. More simple than they're making it because you just go pick the plant. <laughs> I was just going to say it is but, that bloody simple. But, Eat the freaking seaweed. But, <laughs> but you know, seaweed. Let's see. No roots. Heads a little sunlight. Grows six foot in a day. Yeah, yeah. That sounds healthy That's to good. me. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Agreed. All right. Well, we're getting better. We are. Learning that our food comes from the earth and that we need to look at it holistically, which to me means look at all the parts, look at all the bits and pieces. Um, And as far as Lukey goes, now that we have you back, Angel, um, I was just talking about a simple way, and there are simple compounds that we can add into food to take away the exposure, the elemental exposure to what was in the cigarette smoke, smoke. And I think also my, I might have mentioned, and we just got kind of um, into the aspect of what the supplements are that you're using from the ocean have beautiful trace minerals. They turn the body systems back on that over time may have become depleted for whatever reason that they become depleted on, okay? You're putting back the very building blocks to do that. 
And you can expedite with some of the things that I'm working on right now, actually. I'm working on putting together a brand new website to prevent that kind of toxicity from happening. And I think it's going to make a huge impact because I think while you were gone, I mentioned that primarily I worked with oncology veterinarians and we looked very carefully to see what their heavy metal exposure was with hair analysis or fur analysis. And those are the things that you want to take out because they kind of block the message chains all throughout the body systems which could make that itchy skin happen, like maybe he was excreting still all of those icky things, if you will, those toxic right. elements out of his skin, which is normal and healthy. That's what the skin is designed to do. And so at this point for his little nose, probably I would think that we could look at the detox compounds, one or two of them, see what that looks like. But even more importantly, and it would be the same thing for your little chihuahua fella too, is a really high-quality fish oil. Because okay. the fish oil in itself is a very good um, anti-inflammatory. Okay. It helps with healing and connective tissue. It also helps with brain and neurons. In fact, there was a beautiful study many years ago, I think in Scandinavia somewhere, I can't remember exactly, and they had ma and this was on humans and so they tested them differently. It was on moderate to severe depression. And they wanted to see if they could a natural substance versus a compound um a chemical compound to treat the depression and they found that between nine thousand and twelve thousand milligrams, so nine or twelve grams of a high-quality fish oil with DHA and EPA in it got rid of the depression as effectively, if not more so, than the pharmaceutical compounds that they were using. So they looked for the answer, and they found it within nature. So to me, everybody should be certain to get a good quality fish oil, as long as they're not vegan, into their system. And the truth is I don't know that we can eat enough salmon to make up for it. So that would be something that would be really beneficial for everybody who has itchy or dry skin, who has kind of cracked heels or cracked paws, anywhere where you where the consistency of the skin is dry. So that would be a really simple, healthy thing for everybody. <laughs> I do That's it. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I do it. All the other things we can talk about at another time, but you go to your health food store, find a really good quality one, and you're doing good. And, and dosing probably would probably would work for a child under 12. You might start at that. So you'd have okay. to look and talk with the people in your health food store to see what it is that they have there. Okay. That's perfect. Thank you so it's much. A, you're welcome. My pleasure. What a great question. Thank you. Awesome stuff. And yeah, we're going to have to have you back because there's so much more to talk about and we're almost out of time. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute blast. Oh, uh, it, my pleasure. We, it feels like we've covered the world in 160 minutes <laughs> or 140 minutes, and that works for me. But there's always more world to be discovered. My pleasure. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> All right, so everybody uh, – Needs to hop on over and visit Sophia uh, on the web. And the easiest place to do that would be at Sophia Gentera. That's S O P H I A 
J-A-N-T-A-R-A.com. And, of course, we'll have links up on the archive on our website uh, later this evening or first thing in the morning. Uh, appreciate you all staying over time with us. Uh, that's why we give ourselves that 30-minute cushion so we can get the juicy when it's coming. Cause <laughs> it does come, doesn't it? And you got to get it when it's coming because it comes when it comes. <clears throat> and... Um, uh, so, thank you. Uh, thank you both. A pleasure. Thank you so much for spending your time with us, and we'll have you back again. We got obviously more to talk about. I'm so looking forward to it. Awesome. So looking forward to sharing more. Awesome. awesome. So we have we have guests. We have people coming. We have oh, more awesome. We have yeah. more awesome on Uh-oh. this Thursday. Oh, we have we have. We probably uh, have more talking awesome. of fracking <laughs> coming on Thursday. Um, we have Stacy and the Profs coming back on Thursday. Stacy so. and the Profs coming back. The Profs have actually gotten a little, you know, calmer. Calmer, little <laughs> calmer. Uh, Stacy's our dear sister friend that uh, channels the professors, and when they first came on the scene, she had been channeling the council or the somebody, and um, and they were very gentle and very flowery. And then the professors came along and were like, "All right." Mm-hmm. Their first workshop was WTF are you waiting for? And uh, I was like, hey, I like these guys. Um, so they, but they've calmed down a little bit. But don't ask, don't come ask them the silly questions because they'll tell you how it is. Um, and uh, you always know where you stand with the profs. And so we're really, really looking forward to that. So join us Thursday evening. And until then, to our mother, to each other. To all our mother's creations, mm. and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Mm. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. to ask the biggest question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. 
We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.